Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched The Man from Uncle, directed by Guy Ritchie and released in 2015. We will be talking spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movie and you want to, uh, you might want to go see it before you listen to this review. The Man from Uncle has a plot that goes something like this. In the early 1960s, CIA agent Napoleon Solo and KGB operative Ilya Kuryakin participate in a joint mission against a mysterious criminal organization, which is working to proliferate nuclear weapons. There was an organization? No, it was just a family, really. It, like, Vinci, as far Vinci as Guerra. I could tell, it was just Elizabeth Debicki. And maybe there were also Nazis. <laughs> Maybe. We're not sure. I, did, I don't actually. I watched this whole movie going, I don't know why they keep saying Nazis. Where are the Nazis? I've seen it twice and I'm still not entirely clear about the Nazis. I'm, I'm pretty so, sure that they were implying that Uncle Rudy was a uh, Yes. They, they said Uncle, yes, Uncle Rudy, Rudy was, was a Nazi. Nazi. And, and then her. But that, her dad was not really a Nazi, but he'd worked for them. Which makes but him a there Nazi. Also appears to be, there also appears to be like other Nazis still in existence and they're the ones who want the nuclear weapon that Elizabeth But we Dubicki never see them delivering. and then there's like no. the Italians and they are in most of the movie anyway. So I kept going, where are the Nazis? Why do you yeah. guys keep saying Nazis? I don't know what's happening. No, sorry, they don't keep saying Nazis. They keep saying Nazis with their terrible American accents. But anyway. This movie um, was, when I first saw the trailer, was like catnip to me. I didn't even know it was coming out and it hits so many of my buttons. Yeah. That I don't even care. Like, Army Hammer and Henry Cavill are just adorable as our lead romantic pair. And what's Alicia, Vikander. Alicia Vikander is also really sweet, sort of in that little romantic threesome that they have. This is a Guy Ritchie movie, so there's nothing subtle about it. There's nothing subtle about anyone in it. It remakes a TV show that I'm completely unfamiliar with, so I'm not, I don't have any baggage left over from that, but it was apparently a popular TV show. It is a spy movie, which I'm very much into. It's a Guy Ritchie movie, which I'm very much into. It's got Henry Cavill's butt framed um, in the centre very often, which I'm very into. <laughs> and it's got Army Hammer being the most adorable cinnamon roll ever. I have to say, Henry Cavill, rather than his butt, I think the waistcoats were what did it for me. Oh, my God, Henry when he's Cavill. in the waistcoat and wearing the um, the apron when he's And cooking. then he smiles. The thing is, Man from Uncle's not a good movie. Um, and I say that knowing <laughs> you loved it. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> I couldn't follow the plot of this movie to save myself. If you asked me to tell you what the plot of this movie was, I couldn't tell you. Obviously, IMDb couldn't. It was this IMDb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, IMDb can't tell you because I don't think there's an organization in well, this. Because I've now sat uh, now that I've watched it twice, I've tried to summarize the plot, and I don't even care. I'm just like, this is the greatest movie since A Team. I don't care. <laughs> But it is – I feel like what Man From U.N.C.L.E. should be is a TV show. I know Which it was, was a TV show. I'm actually planning to go watch the TV show just to see what the romantic tension was like between the two dudes in that yeah. one. Because it felt to me like an episode of Leverage <laughs> – I kept thinking of leverage through the whole thing, oh. which it kind of yeah. isn't at all. But he is a Napoleon Solo was a thief, mm. and he does when they set up a sting, or a, a when they go in somewhere and they infiltrate. Mm. It just like he steals things, and then you cut to the other skills. person doing their thing, yeah. and then they talk to each other, and it just. I know there's a lot of shows like that, but it felt like leverage to me. And I think the biggest thing that feels like leverage to me is the relationship between Napoleon, um, Ilya, and uh, Gabby. Because mm. there's this definite kind of like 
two of them are supposed to be together and the other guy is supposed to be out of it, but there's this definite kind of like OT3 kind of thing. Yeah, but particularly the two guys have clearly got a lot of chemistry and Alicia Vikander and Amy Hammer have clearly got a lot of chemistry. There's not much between her and Henry Cavill, but that's not that's not meant to be. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's not that important. Maybe they, oh, well, they could explore that later because there is a moment. I don't, I just don't think they have a lot to do with each other. That's true. Also. I thought they were quite good together in the first scene where they, they have where together. they escape. Yeah. yeah, I actually thought they were quite good. So I just think after that, they just don't put them together very much because mm. they want to explore yeah. this thing between and the, the Ilya fake and Gabby. Fiancés, yeah, too adorable to avoid. So I think just, I mean, this is like fan fiction tropes one hundred and one. This movie, but it is really. It's really interesting from that perspective, but also I feel like you could easily make a TV show with these characters because mm. these characters are terrific. They're basically all these like damaged whoopee cinnamon roll, like, you know, because they have these yeah. terrible pasts and now they're trying to make up for their pasts and they're, you know, they're also, they're, they're, they're basically just before the credits at the end of this movie, it's like, look at our precious, beautiful angels that are so damaged. Yeah. That's and they have these. Is. That's right. And they have these damaged pasts that give them these wonderfully particular skill sets that make them really good in this movie. And I mean, they're great characters. Um, Napoleon Solo was created by Ian Fleming, I found out when I was trying to research the TV show. Blech. Like, but like, a man who understands PTSD and how it works with soldiers and 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 thieves and well that explains, you know explains Ilya yeah um, exactly who so, I mean Army Hammer MVP of this movie absolutely oh my gosh wonderful because uh, Ilya is is so um he's such an odd character mm. he's not somebody that we see a lot of the time because he's this kind of like monolith mm. guy but he's really sensitive. <laughs> Yeah. really sensitive but he tries not to be and and i think one of just the best things in this movie is uh when um he and gabby are just hanging out in their hotel room passing the night for the, before the next day and the best things in this movie are all like this none of them are plot related none of them are major things they're all little things and then gabby is trying to loosen him up a bit she tries to get him to drink with her would and you then- like bigger glass <laughs> every time i see that line and then she goes off and she puts some music on to distract him from his chess game that yeah. he's having with himself. <laughs> and she starts dancing by herself in the background and he comes over and then he starts kind of like smirking a little as she tries to get him to dance with her. And then he, he says one of his gross sexist my woman lines. Mm. Um, oh, uh, the, no, the worst line, which was the I'll put you over my knee line. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you want to wrestle? And I she was... knocks him down. I, I, I must admit to being far too into it at that point when he says I'll put you over my knee. I was like, oh, hello. Okay. <laughs> no, it's gross. I, know, I mean, he, he has it's some awful. very gross ideas. Yeah. But the thing is, like, when she does that, that was the instant when I went, oh, she's not who she seems to be. And they wrestle, like, she knocks him down instead. <laughs> and that the whole hotel room. thing, that whole scene is brilliant. And it's so well done, so well acted. And Army Hammer, I've always liked. To be fair, I haven't seen Lone Ranger. I'm not planning to. It'll probably spoil my liking of Army Hammer. <laughs> um, but he was also in um, the very bad J. Edgar Hoover biopic oh, with right. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, where he played yes. Leonardo DiCaprio's boyfriend. Yep. And yep. he was the best thing in that too. Um, even in bad old man makeup, he managed to make it look like he was an old man. He's, I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. And I'm looking forward to the day when people start yeah. realizing that well, i mean because he because he, he how often like, do i say that all the time <laughs> well i mean that's the thing with Army hammer he I, genuinely like he does look like a frat boy mm. and a rich frat boy at that but as and, long as you can make that work for you that's fine yeah but he is very talented 
and he and he made Ilya work really well. Um, and it's a hard character. Like a lot of actors couldn't pull that off. And there was well, there's so much being the straight man, but you've also got to play this damaged guy who is also a an incredible soldier and spy. And gets to be funny sometimes and these two people that he's met are kind of like worming their way into his heart even though he doesn't want yeah, them to. Yeah, um, but when he's got to he's be funny, Elliot. he's got to be really straight. <laughs> he's Elliot from Leverage. Napoleon Solo is more kind of like Nate. Mm. Yeah, well, he's, he's the ex. Uh, but Nate was an honest man who became a thief and Napoleon's a thief who became an honest man, but whatever. Yeah, okay, so Napoleon, he is very like – he, he, there's no subtlety about him. He's very swag. He's all swagger and James Bond and all that kind of stuff. And Henry, it's it's perfect for Henry Cavill. It's very much like his um. I don't agree with that. Charles Brandon, who he, which is from the Tudors, which you're not going to know because you won't have watched it. But that kind of swagger, I think he's quite good at. He's quite good at presence and swagger, and that's what this character is. There's a couple of things I'm going to say here. Firstly, uh, I think Henry Cavill is better in his own accent he's better when he's british mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's not he does an american accent well but it always seems like he's thinking about it well he every word is very slow and considered and i to me i was and like so that i thought that was the performative aspect of the character but yeah see i feel like that just takes away some of the punch of his lines that are supposed to be punchier and i feel like they're supposed to move quicker and he can't okay so see, I, I feel like the, i feel like his laconicness is part of his like that's why he stands out and is a bit odd but he works yeah i didn't think it, I think there are other ca- actors who could play Napoleon better. And I say that as somebody who who literally went to Man of Steel because Henry Cavill might smile and basically came to the man from Uncle because Henry, Henry Cavill, Cavill might, might smile. smile. <laughs> like, he can smile and I'll just be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I went to the man from Uncle because Henry Cavill and Army Hammer might have made out. So It's seriously, I mean, there's so many times like, really, that they guys. just missed that opportunity. I mean... This movie was made for fangirls, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it'll be a shame when it disappears from aud- from cinemas and there's it's not going to get that big an audience and fangirls aren't really going to see it. Uh, they're all off watching Bloody Kingsman instead. Um, but this movie was made for fangirls. Like, you can just ignore the plot and look at the precious, adorable yeah. threesome at the center of it and, and write 7,000 better fix than this movie is. Yeah. And unlike, um, unlike Kingsman, this actually has a sense of what it's about and what it's trying to work from, what source material it's working from. And in spite of Army Hammer, um, and in spite of Ilya's slight grossnesses, for the most part, it's actually pretty good on the ladies' front, but I think that's partly because of uh, the main bad guy being a woman, mm. and I think they should have had her in it more because she Elizabeth Debicki does an amazing job. She's mm-hmm. very, she's so good in this that I kept waiting for her to team up with the yeah. guys because, and again, I was confused about the plot. But I was kind of like, oh, maybe she's a double agent. Maybe she's actually well, good yeah. because I liked her so much. Mm. And and there's a point at which Hugh Grant turns out to be from MI6. It's not that big a spoiler, to be fair. Like the first time you see him and you're like, oh, he's stealing a wallet from Hugh Grant. He's obviously important. Yeah, he actually, um, I noticed this time, He actually, Hugh Grant checks in ahead of him at the hotel. You don't see him, but you hear, yeah, well, good morning, yeah, Mr. I Waverly. That. Yeah. Um, actually, because I was like, oh, is that Henry Cavill? Because I heard the British accent and I was like, no, wait, it isn't. He's doing an American accent in this. Oh, that must be Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but he, um, oh God, I've lost track of what I was going to say. Elizabeth Debicki. So Elizabeth Debicki, yeah. It kind of, he, at one point he says that he has an agent inside and there was a split second when I was like, oh, yes, it's it must be the person who is the main bad guy for this movie. Mm. And that's how, like, 
how good she was and also how confused I was. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and he's British. He's like, I've got a British agent. You're like, well, she's British. Clearly, that's the same one. Yeah, but it turns no, out to be Gabby, not. which is good because, I mean, it, it gives the team a third member who is a girl, but they've already set her up as a romantic interest, which kind of annoys me. I don't, I know you like it. I don't like the romantic plot between uh, Ilya and Gabby. Well, see, I like it in spite of my own better judgment. <laughs> it's very disturbing. The last thing he said, well, one of the last things he says to her when he thinks he's they're going to not see each other again is, she, he says, keep the ring so I can keep track of you. Like, that's massively disturbing. Um, I think, yeah, I when I heard it, I wasn't that disturbed by it. It wasn't until you said it to me that I twigged. But because it's the 60s, they don't have cell phones. And also, he, they're spies, so they're going to be deep undercover. They're yeah, going, yeah. There's like, no way of when, knowing where they might be. And they'll definitely yeah. not see each other again unless they can keep track of each yeah. other somehow. And when you explained that, I was like, okay, fine. Yes, sure. At the time, I thinking of it through like today's eyes, it was a bit gross. Um, because but, the thing about today is that basically you can just give somebody like an email address or a burner phone number or something and just be like, you can call me on this. But the, the thing they, about that was couldn't. that there's no way of them being able to. And I think like if she, it, it, I just feel like it would have been better if she had given him the ring back and said, so I can keep track of you. Mm. I think that would have been a good way to uh, not have the gender politics problem of that yeah. scene happen, but still have the same kind of concept that they were going for. Yeah. And you just have to be careful of stuff like that. But I think that's what they were going for. And I think if it had been reversed, it still would have been the same message for the scene. Yeah. The and scene there was, work. and there was other things that were troubling, like, there's a scene where they work out how to dress her, and Army Hammer's like, "My woman wouldn't wear this." My woman, and but then See, I thought the that two would be them. fixed by the end of the movie. Yeah, because I thought that was part yeah, of his growth exactly. thing, where like and he we started out as yeah. being very possessive of her, and she's infantilized by both of them. Um, both of them are sort of like she needs protection and stuff, and she turns out to be an agent. She doesn't need their protection. And she's, she's perfectly capable. And uh, yeah, and, and then, then you she don't, still needs to be yeah, saved. And that's it. It's it. You don't see them grow from that point. And that was that was disturbing because you you think that he's gotten better because you see him take care of her, you see him start to like her, you see him say, "I like my women strong," but he never gets it's there. It's always my women, yeah, in pos- very possessive terms, and it is disturbing. But I, I had trouble because he was such a cinnamon roll and so cute in this thing. I've been blinded, like really, honestly, if I would look at it, you know, through. Well, I think, no, I think you can still, you can still like him and like their relationship and not like some of the problematic aspects of it. That's fine. I mean, the thing is, he is so good and so likable in mm. it. And, and that's why I think, and the thing is, I do like Henry Cavill. I went into this expecting to like Henry Cavill more. And I yeah. do think that, I can't think of who it would be, but I just, I know there's somebody who could do that better than he did it do Napoleon better than he did it. I just know there is. Henry Cavill, he sort of felt like an institution. He was perfectly fine, but I was too busy focusing on Henry Cavill and he looks how he looks and he, oh gosh, he looks like Superman. Oh gosh, he's pretty. And less on what the character was actually doing. It was more about the, the, ca- he, the character is so dominant. He just so dominates everything. He is more like an institution than a person. Mm. I'm trying to think of who else. Put one of the Chris's in there. I don't know. <laughs> nah, maybe, yeah. I'm just trying to think of who else yeah. could do it, but I just there's this there's this nagging feeling at the back of my mind where I'm like I know somebody could do it better. Yeah, and probably not one of the Chris's, but yeah, <laughs> we the love the Chris's. Like, yeah, no, of course. Um, well, I mean, did you read that the Crisis in American Acting article back a few weeks ago, all about how the lack of young male American actors 
There's no lack of young male American actors. Well, the thing is, the ones who are doing really well are almost all Canadian, British, like Australian. There's a whole yeah. There there was three anyway. of the four Chris's are American. Okay, there's no crisis of young American actors. <laughs> there's a crisis of young American actors. You have um, Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. You'll be fine. But uh, anyway, there was this thing about the Jesus. crisis of young young American crisis of young American actors. Oh my god, all the white men aren't getting roles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tears, white male tears. Oh yeah, I know. The English, the white Englishmen and the white Canadian men are taking all the roles. Um, well, yeah, because they've grown up now on all the stuff that the white Americans have been feeding them and they can do it better. Well, they have to because that's how they get their visas. But yeah, like it was just, it was one of those things that sometimes it is hard to think of There's who this could thing play that's that a, role. that's occurring to me now as we're talking about this that I, I think also they can do it better because they come to it from an outsider's perspective mm-hmm. and have a deeper understanding of the actual mechanics of it than people who actually grew up in the culture and aren't able to examine it. From quite the same, yeah. In there is the exactly that because that's another thing about Henry Cavill and his accent. It is actually for the era not weird that somebody's accent would be a little bit more clipped, especially of his sort of class. And I age. actually, I thought his accent was good. I just feel like I could see him concentrate on it, which yeah, is yeah, the problem. Yeah. Um, um, Jared Harris's accent, on the other hand, just awful, plain. Awful. Oh my god, I have no idea if Army Hammer's accent is good or not. I'm sorry, Russians, I just can't hear it. I mean, basically, my uh, go-to for Russian accents is and accents is Anastasia, and there's no Russians in that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm so frustrated. Also, I, so I want to talk about a little bit about uh, how this movie was shot as well. Uh huh. I really like the colors. I really like what they were trying to do, but there's a freneticness to this movie that I could not keep up with. And I was very sober when I watched this movie. I was. I, I, didn't I had buy any wine. I didn't take any wine, and I was completely sober when I watched it. I could not keep up with the uh, the very nicely made subtitles at the same time as the newspapers were up because I didn't know what to look at. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the split screen stuff. I know it was period appropriate and a throwback, but I didn't know which screen I was supposed to. Yeah, be it was very it was very confusing, particularly that end scene where the screen at one point splits into five pieces. I'm like, I don't know why you're doing this or how this is helping It feels like a credit me. sequence, not the middle of a movie. Yeah. When they first brought up the um, thing was that scene, I was like, I wonder if this is how the credits for the old show looked. Well, I did that. Uh, there's a very good scene where Henry Cavill is in a car. So they're escaping from this um, place. I still don't know what that place was, <laughs> but they have to escape from it. And oh, uh, the, um, it's, it's where the weapons were being made, but it was technically a satellite factory. Or something yeah, like, I, yeah. But the thing is, I never knew it was a satellite factory no, in the and first I don't place. Know why was it a satellite factory? Because the um, Vinci Guerras are a, like that. They're a shipping company. Anyway, it's so confusing. It was a Vinci Guerra outlet, I think. I, I I was like, why are they breaking into this place? Are they trying to steal art? Because Henry Cavill said something about stealing art at one point. Um, this movie is so confusing. That's right. His cover was like he was an art dealer. He was going to help the Vinciguerras because they had this great no art reason. collection. And that reminded me of White Collar. It, and he's got he's definitely got a touch of the Matt Bomers, like the really, really, yeah. really, really ridiculously good Matt looking. Bomer could definitely play this role, and he would play it with more homoeroticism in it. That would be good. So Matt good. Bomer would be good in this there role. Go. We've cast. No, so they break into this place. I have no idea why. And then they have to break into a safe and it's sexy, but I don't know why they're doing it. And then <laughs> they have to break out because there was uranium there. 
Well, they, 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 they found the weapons, but also they, the alarm no, they, went off. No, it was empty. They, well, they, but the alarm went off and they had to get out. So they but knew the safe was empty. The safe was empty, but they knew that there was a secret room and they knew that they had like uranium suits and things like that. So they knew they were on the right track, but they had to get out because the alarm went off. You have the have benefit time. of having seen it twice as well because <laughs> I just was like, why are they breaking into this place? They have some radioactive suits. Why are they breaking out of this place? And then they, I mean, Look, I, I know the whole they're... point of breaking into this place was so that Henry Cavill could say, I'll take the top, you take the bottom. <laughs> we won't talk about this tomorrow. So then they're breaking out of it and, and Ilya goes, I'm going to go for a swim, jumps out a window and they go, ugh. And you're like, and then Henry Cavill and Matt immediately follows. And I'm like, this is why you always listen to the sound effects, Henry. So he jumps out of the window, hits the same pile of ropes and goes, ugh. <laughs> and then. Ilya's stealing a boat. And then they look Which, or- by the way, gorgeous comes together back on later. a speedboat. It comes back later because in the very, just before the credits, that bit, it says he was a speedboat champion. Yes. It's so strange. But anyway, he, they jump out, they go on the speedboat, and then Henry Cavill falls off the back of the speedboat, and Ilya keeps talking to him like he's there. And he swims off and finds this nice truck that's got, like, a wine. A and a whole packed lunch <laughs> and a napkin. It's very Italian. And he's got this gorgeous little wet curl in the middle of his forehead, oh, and he just sits Henry, there and eats and watches curls. explosions and looks good. And then he feels guilty for leaving his boyfriend behind, so he goes back to save him. I liked that scene a lot. Adorable. And I liked that scene, but I had no idea what was going on. And I feel like that is the ultimate summary of this whole movie. I'm like, I really liked that bit. I don't know what was happening. (laughs) No. I really liked the bit where Elizabeth Debicki laid on the couch, on the very top of the couch while he was, while Henry Cavill was passing out on the actual seat of the couch. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, I know she's the bad guy, so she's clearly drugging him because she's bad. But I couldn't figure out what was actually going on in that scene. Oh, okay. I didn't have trouble with that one. And that whole scene was really funny. Like, he hands his statue the drink. and But I never so knew silly. why she was a bad guy. That's the thing is that because they don't set up the nuclear weapon thing No, they, they really, well really enough. quickly go past it. The father-in-law was a fascist. The son has theoretically taken over the business, but it's really his wife who is the fanatic, and so she's running the business. So clearly she's the fascist. But they said she's the fanatic. They and don't I was like, say is she's she... the fascist. Right. And I was like, is she fanatic about business? <laughs> it's not clear. And then, cause she, and then she's so charming and nice in her introduction scene. So I was like, oh, she's not a bad guy. She's just a businesswoman who's caught up in some kind of yeah. crime family. It wasn't until she actually tortured Henry Cavill that I really figured out she was bad. Yeah. You know? And I I think that's that's such a failing on this movie's part to go, this is the bad guy, this is the good guy. I couldn't even figure out that much. Mm. I didn't know that Rudy was the guy who was torturing Henry Cavill. Yeah, Uncle Rudy. I didn't know that the, the one of the main characters' uncle was the guy who – because I, I just looked at him and go and went – have we seen him before? I think he's wearing different glasses to what uh, he was yeah, wearing in the scene before. Do, I mean, you, it's, he's just another old white guy. Like, you get face blindness with those. You, I do. God knows. I, and and he looked like the the British guy from Mission Impossible, which I'd seen the night before. Mm. So I was like, oh, I know him. He's the head of the spy agency. No, he isn't. He's not in this movie. Who is he? I don't know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I managed to figure that out somehow, I, even the first time I watched it, not not the second. But I don't think you had quite the same set of problems with me with seeing the two spy movies. Like I yeah, saw you it. saw them back to back, and I saw them a week apart. Yeah, so I saw them back to back, and a lot of the stuff was kind of similar. So there was a lot of stuff in my mind where I was like, who are the Nazis? And 
where's the head of the British spy organization? Oh, it's Hugh Grant. It's not this guy. And what's going on? Yeah. And I just kind of and, – and Man from Uncle had a very poorly constructed plot. It just seemed to be the plot was kind of there to kind of move along the character Yeah, and the, the, whole, the whole joy of The Man from Uncle is to go in and see something you've seen before but a bit more fun. It's got – it's got a lot of the spirit of James Bond. It's got a lot of the spirit of a lot of other spy movies. I have to say I like this better than most Bond movies. Right, because it's a lot more fun. But only because Bond is gross. This was actually a lot more fun. It had had a great sense of humour. It was more along the lines of Goldeneye than the earlier Bonds. But like Even Goldeneye Bond is gross. <laughs> I don't like James Bond. I don't like Batman and I don't like James Bond. I, I have no real opinion on Batman, but I, I do like James Bond movies. But much like you and your spy movies, the James Bond movies tend to roll into one, apart from Goldeneye, which was my first. So I have a softer spot for that. Um, I don't know what my first James Bond movie was, and I don't have any particular affection from any of them. But I do know that I liked Quantum of Solace more than most people liked it. But even then, like I just don't know. James Bond as a character i don't like anything about him mm. right so there's nothing to kind of hook me in apart from there's cool explosions and stuff which is probably why i actually enjoyed what is widely considered the worst bond movie which is the one with christopher walken and oh, grace the, jones in it. um bam the golden gun no, no no sorry that's that's christopher lee it's uh oh view to a kill view to a kill that's it with um timothy dalton yes nope it's, it's, it's the last. No, it's the last one with Roger Moore. Oh. He's super old in it, and uh, oh, okay. his love interest is really young in it. That's right. the one that made him quit. And it's got Grace Jones just yes. being amazing and flirting with Christopher Walken, who's like a Nazi experiment. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand it, but I liked it. <laughs> right. Um. But James Bond doesn't really do anything for me, and I think. And that's the thing, Napoleon Solo doesn't really do anything for me, which is, I think, why I kept trying to make it into leverage into my head to make it into something that would do something for me because I so liked the characters yeah. and I so wanted to like so, the movie. This and I was enjoying things. I think the lines weren't as funny as they thought they were because there's moments when they're saying things that I didn't find funny mm. but seemed to be like they were trying to be funny. Yeah, let's make this an entendre and it's not really. Right. Yeah. Like it just kind of didn't sit right. But the thing is, I, I, I wanted to, I got so into these characters that I really wanted to like it and the whole time, and, and it looked really good. Mm. And the whole time I was like, why isn't this better? It's really frustrating me. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, I, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It's a weird thing. Like, this is a movie that appeals to nostalgia, but the TV series it's based on is so old now that very few people will remember it. Yeah. And oh, oh, that's what I forgot to say. When he's sitting in that truck, He's flicking through the radio stations mm. and there's a few beats of a song that's so anachronistic for what's actually happening in the scene. I'm like, oh, I bet that's the mm. um, the, the original, original theme, theme song. song from the TV show. And in the credits, it came right after something that I'm pretty sure was the song that was playing before it in the truck. Yeah. So I think I'm right. I may be wrong. Yep. Listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure I'm right in thinking that that was the original theme song. So right. it is throwing back to something that, most people don't know. Yeah, it, I'm not at all familiar with it. I had I had to Google it. I've heard of it, but I knew nothing about it. And I Googled it and found out there's a lot of slash fan fiction for it. And I Googled it and found out that the um, Army Hammer character was played by Ducky from NCIS. So, you know, that makes so much sense, though, because he has this kind of like 
attractiveness that's not tradition non-traditional. Yeah. And I can see 1960s fangirls going, he is really, really gorgeous. And, I love him. And and I could appreciate a lot of the 1960s stuff like as a film student. Like I could see all the Lucchino Visconti and the Italian neorealist like influence on the way it was and shot. Dutch angles. Yeah, the Dutch oh tilts my God. and the split screens and all that stuff. There are like, Dutch tilts in places where they absolutely should not be <laughs> because they shoot people who are good guys with Dutch angles. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a good guy. You can't do that. It's supposed to be unsettling. Yeah, yeah. I, like I could appreciate it from that angle but of course it was that that was you know 1960s television but i don't remember the 1960s television so much like a mission impossible which is another 1960s bit of television yeah but it was the mission impossible films are just calling so, back to themselves now yeah now they are but when they were first made they were calling back to that 60s tv show because when they were first made in the mid 90s they were appealing to like our dads they were appealing to the people who had grown up in the 60s who had kids now who want to introduce their kids to the TV shows. Right, but so making... who is the man from Uncle Four? Exactly. And if it's for fangirls, advertise to fangirls because yeah. this is clearly made for, like, people this like is, us. Yeah, and, and I knew nothing about it till a couple of weeks ago when I accidentally clicked on an Apple trailer. And then I was like, oh, my God, I must watch this. This has so many things I like in it. But... I've seen the trailers no a few times idea before otherwise. And, and and I don't like remaking a 60 TV show now is a really weird choice because literally nobody remembers it. Yeah, there's no nostalgia factor for this movie. So people with nostalgia aren't going to it. And we'll, there's no kind of I don't think Superman, I don't think Man of Steel has a a good enough fan base who recognize Henry Cavill's face mm. to go, oh, it's Superman. I want to go I'm see this go movie. See that just because Army Hammer's lead roles have all failed him. Alicia Vikander's only done Ex Machina. That's really made her famous. Who are they going for? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. The, the nostalgia factor for me is to see an older style spy movie and not a po- like a po- a pre born identity style movie. It's not even advertised like it's a Guy Ritchie film. No, I did that again. Not something I knew till right at the end, and it, it's so Guy Ritchie, like the way he shoots things and the way it works. It, yeah, it's very I, strange. I think before they made this movie, they had to kind of figure out who is it for, what is our plot. <laughs> like, How, there's so many yeah. things that just seem to have failed along the way to getting this movie to the screen, and yet it's still so much that, fun. Keeping that in mind, it's actually almost better than you would expect it to be. Considering, but at the same time. I had an equal amount of fun at this in Mission Impossible, but you didn't have like I had I, the I same had way more fun at this than Mission Impossible. Even though I think Henry Cavill and Army Hammer are more attractive, mm-hmm. I had the same kind of feeling toward Simon Pegg in Mission Impossible as I did towards the characters in this. Right, and so the w- same way he carried me through that, they carried me through this. But this movie was kind of worse than Mission Impossible in how it was put together. So yeah. it's I know I mean you guys are all going to be listening to these podcasts a week apart, but we just met recording them back to back, which is why all the comparisons. I feel like Man from Uncle could take a leaf out of Mission Impossible's book and vice versa. Yeah, and if absolutely. you kind of mashed the two movies together, yeah. you'd have a really good spy movie. But as it is, you have two fairly average spy movies that are lifted by characters who are adorable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Mission Impossible needs some of Uncle's sense of humour and strong characterization. And the way it's filmed is really good yeah. apart from the stupid And Uncle this the kinetic yeah. kind of frenetic, frenetic is what I'm looking for. Freneticness. And Uncle needs a bit of 
of of Mission Impossible's structure and like discipline and intelligence because yeah. Mission Impossible for all it's an it's a movie that's specifically made to be a dumb action movie in very smart ways. Mm. Man from Uncle is a movie made by smart people in really dumb ways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like we should wrap it up on that note. Yeah. Okay. Um. So what are you giving it? I don't know. I mean, I liked the people a lot. I didn't mind watching it. It went on to a little too long. I'll just give it the same as Mission Impossible. Three stars. Yeah, I'm having a similar dilemma, but my dilemma is between three and a half and four. I think it's probably only worth three and a half, just given that it isn't anything special. But it is one of those movies that I think, much like the A-Team remake from a few years ago, I will come back to because it, it is just fun and silly and I enjoyed it. So I enjoyed Plus it Plus Charlotte Copley is so good in that movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, but yeah, three and a half, I think, is probably all it deserves. Thank you very, very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you like to find our show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to uh, read Katie's review of The Man from Uncle or any other movies that we watch, you can do that on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Um, if you would like to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, on Twitter at screen underscore queens, and on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Um, just remember, if you like our podcast, please give us a rating or review on iTunes. And if we read your review on iTunes, we will watch any movie that you want us to watch. Any movie that's not porn. So, you know, go on there and give us a boring dra- costume drama for me or a terrifying horror movie for Melissa. We will watch anything. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.